Welcome to the Health and Wellness Show on the SOT Radio Network, where we expose the lies and emphasize the truth about health in our modern world. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health and Wellness Show. Today is October the 16th, 2015. I'm your host, Tiffany, and joining me in our virtual studio from all over the world is Erica. Jonathan and Dr. Gabby. I'm so stoked today. <laughs> My heart is pounding Hello. right now. I'm excited because we have a very special guest in our virtual studio today. Some of you know him, some of you love him, some of you can't understand anything he writes on his monster blog. A few years back, he burst onto the paleo scene with his leptin prescription and his cold thermogenesis protocol. And he's been dropping knowledge all over the paleosphere ever since. During his day job as a neurosurgeon, he gets into people's heads and spines. And for a side job, he busts your brain open with his encyclopedic knowledge of the workings of the human body, circadian rhythms, and quantum biology. So let's give it up for Dr. Jack Cruz, biohacker extraordinaire. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for coming on to the show, Dr. Cruz. No problem, anytime. Cool. So let's just jump into it. I wanted to ask you about your story and how you got started, but first I wanted to know, um, in your former life you were a dentist, and I wanted to know why did you switch? I mean, did you stop liking teeth all of a sudden? (laughs) No, believe it or not, it actually uh, was kind of a, a fortuitous thing when, I um, this is a, this could be a long story, but I'll try to make it short. When I had no one in my family who ever went to college, and um, I always knew that I wanted to be a doctor, but I never knew what kind of doctor. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather got diagnosed with oral melanoma uh, by an oral surgeon, and he was an oral surgeon that had a single degree, meaning a DDS degree. Mm-hmm. And back then, he told me about these new double degree programs where you could get a dental degree and a medical degree and become an oral surgeon. I said, man, shit, that's cool. And uh, this is back probably 1980s sometime. And since I didn't have anybody in my family who I would consider as a mentor, my grandfather actually was my mentor, uh, but he was clearly dying. And then knew that I was really interested in medicine. Um, he said, I, I think this path could be good for you, especially considering how much you're learning about your know, grandfather's disease. So, of course, this will show you how alpha male I was back then. I basically went through college, uh, walked into uh, <laughs> basically walked into my dental school. Uh, interview and basically told him that I was going to be an oral surgeon. And one of the guys that interviewed me named Cornelius Pommier said, yeah, you know, you know, Jack, everybody says they want to be an oral surgeon. I said, yeah, but I'm not everybody. <laughs> and and that's how cocky I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really, really bad. And he he laughed about this at my graduation because I, I, I wound up finishing dental school in three years. And the place that I went to dental school, we went through medical school with the medical students uh, our first two years. So we were graded on, on the same curve that they were, and they didn't like the fact that a dentist was number one in the class. It was me. I used to tell them all the time, you know, I was just a dumbass dentist, you know, and just to aggravate them. And 
when I finished dental school, my last year I wound up doing, um, uh, I only applied to uh, two oral surgery programs. They were the best two in the country at the time. And the best one was LSU. The second best one was Parkland in Texas. And LSU accepted me. And I did almost six months of rotations with the with their residents there, and I absolutely loved the place because it was done at Charity Hospital, which I don't know how much you guys know. It used to be the oldest hospital in the United States, and before Katrina, um, it was just a phenomenal place to do training. Well, mm-hmm. what happened at uh, Charity is that the oral surgery guys rotated with the neurosurgeons for one the whole year of their residency basically to do head and neck trauma. Mm-hmm. And it turned out when I got accepted to LSU, obviously. And when I went down there, the guy who ran the neurosurgery department, who's a world famous neurosurgeon named David Klein, he's a, the world expert in peripheral neurosurgery. He just said to me one day, he says, look, Jack, he goes, you have a propensity to do this. And he goes, I've never met anybody more aggressive than you. He goes, would you consider, you know, signing up for seven more years and doing neurosurgery? And I'd like to tell people that it was a hard decision to make as it was because it kind of cost me my first marriage. And mm-hmm. uh, and that was probably the big issue, but I did it. And literally, I made my mind up in five minutes. Uh, and it was hard, you know, on my family and everything, but suffice to say, that's how the switch occurred, and I kind of never looked back. And I always tell people, dentistry and neurosurgery have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a couple of centimeters away, but, you know, in neurosurgery, we open up the head to do brain surgery, and in dentistry, we open up teeth to do surgery on nerves of teeth, you know, to try to get them to regenerate or repair them or fix them. Mm-hmm. And people don't really have that perspective that I do, but the uh, probably the coolest thing about the whole story is that my training as a dentist and an uh, oral surgeon actually prepared me better mm-hmm. for neurosurgery because my dexterity with the drill compared to most other neurosurgeons is like second to none. And I got that from being a dentist. Cool. Well, good on you for making the switch and good on all of us and all the people that follow you on your your blog, and thanks for sharing all this free information with us. I wanted to ask you, because you used to be a big boy, how did you start this whole leptin prescription? Yeah, well, that was that was a uh, an easy one. In about 2005, I was in a, a minimally invasive spine meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. I stood up to give a talk to a group of about 30 docs, and when I stood up, I felt a pop in my knee and horrible pain and I couldn't even get to the podium to give the talk. And it turned out, I didn't know this then, but that I popped my knee meniscus. And when I found that out later, I was like, man, how the hell did I do that? Just standing up at a podium. And one of the doctor's wife uh, or then wife uh, was there. She was a researcher for one of the biotechnology companies that were doing synthetic leptin trials and she said, Jack, my husband says that you're a pretty smart guy. She goes, I know why this happened to you. I'm going to send you a book and six papers, and um, I think you'll be able to figure it out. So I got a package probably about two weeks later when I got back home to Nashville, and it was a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and then six papers all about different aspects about leptin, cold, and circadian biology. And 
she gave me specific instructions. She read the book first and read these papers. And I did that. And immediately upon reading the book, after probably about three papers, I was like, wait a minute, is it possible what's in this book is true? You know, and if you know anything about this book, it's a fable. It's not a true story. Basically, it's a story about a lawyer who was from New York City, the best defense attorney in the city, has a heart attack in the middle of the thing, leaves, sells everything he's got, goes to the Himalayan mountains, comes back 150 pounds less, um, completely different cat. You know, his dopamine levels in his frontal lobe are increased. Everybody likes him now, and he used to be an asshole. And I just kind of thought about it, and I said, wait a minute, this story is sounding a lot like me. <laughs> and when I thought about it, I was like, is this actually possible? And the six papers she gave me really were just what I would call a tune-up for what I came and did with it. Uh, in fact, it's kind of funny we're talking about this today because I actually just talked to her about six weeks ago for the first time <laughs> in probably eight or nine years. And she, she's like, she goes, you know why I sent this to you? Because she goes, I was really disenfranchised with the company she was working for then because she knew that they had found something they tried to bury. She goes, but I didn't realize it was going to be this powerful. Mm. And I said, well, you know, that's what happens when you're willing to jump down a rabbit hole because she was trying to tell me about leptin and why – Well, I think that we're having some technical difficulties here. <clears throat> We've lost our guest, so if you'll give us a moment, and uh, we really appreciate your patience as we try to get this sorted. Uh, we will be right back as soon as humanly possible. Are we here? I'm here. Okay. There we go. Jonathan, we can you hear us? There. Yes, I yeah, can. We, we lost, lost connection. connection for a minute. Go ahead. You're talking about light and cold. Yeah, so the leptin prescription really is fundamentally about uh, purple light. And mm -hmm. purple light is UV light for those people who don't know. And cold thermogenesis protocol is about cold. And cold uh, is a proxy for anything that increases magnetism in your body. It turns out all mitochondria are actually little nano electromagnets. So basically, what did I do? Uh, my first original biohack after going back to Nashville and reading for 18 months, more probably than I did in residency, I came up with the leptin prescription, the cold thermogenesis protocol, because I said, you know, I'm a fat ass. I was 357 pounds at the time. And I said, if this pathway is actually true, I should be able to actually do brain surgery on myself without a scalpel by utilizing light and cold in these prescriptions. So, uh, I never fully believed this was going to work because, remember, I got all these ideas from six papers in a book that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I did it, I lost 33, I should say 77 pounds in three months, and then it extended out to 133 pounds over 11 months. And I think nobody was more shocked than myself. So then most of the people in my hospital were like, dude, what are you doing? Because, you know, it was a huge change physically. Uh, for the people who worked with me, and everybody asked me, well, did you have bariatric surgery? And this and that. I said, well, how did I have bariatric surgery when you saw me every day for the last year? And they're like, yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So I started telling some of my trusted docs kind of what I found, because realistically, what I did find is that biology isn't a fundamental science, that physics actually is fundamental to biology. 
meaning that light, cold, do some pretty amazing things in the human brain. And I found that it extends to not only, you know, humans, but it extends to all mammals and it actually extends to plants as well mm. because they all fundamentally work on the same physics, you know, which is basically uh, photosynthesis. So one of my good doctor friends, his name's Don Lazarus, he's a gastroenterologist. He says, Jack, what you found is pretty amazing. He goes, you can't wait to write a book about this. You need to just start putting this on the Internet. So what I decided to do uh, was a little bit crafty. And I can tell people this now, but I couldn't tell them in the beginning when I started. I wrote something called the quilt document that has 30 different levees. And those levees are designed to protect the cells at all different levels. And the reason I started with that, because if you read it and don't know anything about me, you're going to go, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> I did that so that down the pike, when I started getting through all these blog series, people would look back and go, holy shit, and he's been telling us this from the beginning. We just couldn't understand it because we didn't understand quantum physics. And, and see, I knew what I found most people would not be able to understand in the beginning because, quite frankly, I couldn't believe it because as a physician, we don't learn anything about the pole, the magnetism. We don't learn anything about physics. That's part of the reason why doctors goal is to help people fundamentally with most of the health problems we have. So I came up with the idea to give the levy out, to give a sample of each little thing that's coming in each long series. And then each blog series kind of expands on different topics. And currently, the one that I'm in now, close mm -hmm. to the end, is called the Ubiquination Series. And in my opinion, it's a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> three, three of the blogs that are in there, uh, someday people are going to go back and look at it and go, wow. Because basically, I tell you why the eye is the key, why the, how the gut fundamentally works, and how surface chemistry really defines biochemistry. We currently have a paradigm where people believe that what well, pregnant biochemistry book is equivalent for every cell in the body. It turns out that's not true. And I always talk to people who argue with me about this. I said, okay, well, let's make this pretty simple. If you have a tree and you give it water and nutrients, uh, and you leave it in the sun, it grows, right? Uh -huh. So what happens if you do the same thing and put a tarp over that tree? Because the blood chemistry uh, that happens in that tree is still the same? The answer is no, it's not. So why would you think as a modern human who lives inside, not outside, not in full-spectrum sun, not be subject to the same laws of physics? Mm -hmm. And it turns out you are. And that's really what the issue is. When people begin to understand that light is really the most powerful drug on this planet, and that every protein in your body is a chrome force designed to absorb and emit light at different frequencies, you begin to realize that the color of light is absolutely the most important thing to get it right in your life. And it's the number one thing people do past uh, because they fundamentally do not understand how light really works through Einstein's photoelectric effect. And my job on the Internet, as far as I'm concerned, is to teach lay people mm -hmm. how this stuff really works because you may think after listening to me talk here for a period of time that it's really hard to understand, but it's not. I always tell the members on my site, just like I tell people who interview me, that 
you don't have to speak Mandarin Chinese to like Chinese food. <laughs> and it's, true. it's the same thing with physics. Uh, really, it comes down to some key things. Pay attention to light and dark cycles. Make sure you eat a lot of seafood with DHA. Make sure you drink a lot of spring water. And, and then get a lot of UV light through your eye and skin the days that you can. And block blue light at night utilizing glasses with blue tech lenses you know, or, or even UVEX classes, it's really not that hard. Where I practice in the Gulf South, you know, uh, I'm taking people that absolutely use zero about physics or biology. And guess what? They're getting it, right? So well, Dr. Dr. Cruz, can we start with diet? I've heard you say uh, a couple times that ketogenic diets and paleo diets are in the right direction, but they're not enough, and most people are doing it wrong. What's missing from a traditional keto or paleo diet? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, anybody who knows anything about nutrition, first of all, let's, let's make it even more fundamental. Let's blow another big thing. Diet is not primordial, okay? Everybody thinks diet and exercise is top of the list. It turns out if you understand how ubiquitous works, food is third on the list. It's not even second. Um and the only thing that you need to understand about diet, it's very simple. You need DHA in your diet from a seafood source. Why is that? Turns out the only way you can use light um, as a mammal is through the photoelectric effect, and that's what the key is to DHA. It has pi electrons, but it's outside. And what light does, it doesn't hit atoms. It hits electrons. And from there, we make energy, just like happens in chloroplast on trees. In us, it happens in mitochondria, and in us, it happens in this thing in our eye called the retinal pigmentum epithelium. Basically, when light hits that, those two cells, RPE and chloroplast, spin faster. The faster they spin, the more photonic energy becomes a DC electric current. That's what the, the current of light is all about, both plants and animals. That's been proven for over 100 years. The problem is you never hear that from a paleo guy. Well... What, why is the paleo diet a step in the right direction, but not enough if you have a disease? Well, it's pretty simple. They advocate eating, you know, grass-fed cows. Why? Grass-fed? Grass has DHA. Well, guess what? Oh, DHA. And a lot more of it. Seafood. Why? Because fish eat algae. Algae are loaded with DHA. So does it make sense to eat something that has less DHA or more DHA when you're trying to reverse a disease? no matter what it is, that basically is caused by a lack of purple light. The answer should be intuitively obvious, but you'd be shocked to know that all the leaders of the paleo community, they don't like my mouse just because I'm basically pointing out to them they're making the same mistake modern medicine is. They're giving people half-truth. And if you've got type 2 diabetes or nerve degeneration or heart disease, eating grass-fed meat is akin to taking a snack. Uh, you need seafood and you need a lot of it in order to utilize the purple light from the sun. And not only that, you need to get out in the sun. Uh, you need to have your skin exposed to the sun. You need the most important part of your eye. Mm-hmm. Your eye needs to get that sun because that, that, the cells I told you about earlier, like RPE cells, mm-hmm. they use DHA as their base fuel. And when light comes in, Light is turned to DC electric current by the RPE. And here's the funny part uh, where the homology comes in that the paleo guys never tell us. They miss all these details and it aggravates me. 
The RPE is a hexagonal shaped shell. So is the chloroplast. Here's the irony. You know what? Uh, an RPE is so melanin. What does melanin absorb? UV light. What does a chloroplast absorb? It absorbs UV light. Why? What does it fill with? It's filled with a magnesium porphyrin. What do you know about porphyrins? Porphyrins absorb all spectrums of UV light. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the other irony for people. You know those red blood cells in your body? They're also porphyrins, but they're called iron porphyrins. That's why hemoglobin is red, and that's why chlorophyll is green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only difference. It has to do with the metal ion in the middle that has those electrons that sunlight hits in order to drive photosynthesis. So it turns out what happens in a leaf also happens at the surface skin. That's the reason why when you're out in full spectrum sunlight, everybody can feel that heat on the skin. That's the UV light bringing red blood cells up to the surface. How does it do that? When sunlight hits your skin, it releases nitric oxide no matter what, even if you're deficient. And that's the key. And what does nitric oxide do in your skin? It vasodilates. Why would it vasodilate? So that you can absorb more purple light through the porphyrins in hemoglobin. And the key factor here is when you start to really get down to the nitty-gritty, the RPE in our eye and our skin, it causes photooxidation. So the more you're in the sun, that means the more PHA you need to eat. So when you understand that fundamental thing, and you go back and say, does grass-fed meat make sense when I'm sick? Do I need a better source of DHA constantly? The answer is, obviously, you need to be epithelial, not paleo. And that makes me a bad guy in the ancestral health community, a bad guy in the paleo community. Why? Because the people that I deal with are sick, okay, really sick. And they need, they don't need to have proof. They need a full truth so they can get a reversal of their disease. And I guess that's what makes me a champion for the people, you know, who realize they've tried paleo and they're like, yeah, I got some results, but I'm not able to reverse these diseases, you know, that, you know, I've shown that people in my clinic and, and people on my site have reversed. And it's just because I am a detail-oriented guy. And, and physics requires you to really understand three things. Everything in life comes back to these three things, light, water, and magnetism. Mm-hmm. And my job on my blog is to teach everybody about those three things and how they create the life that you get by the choices you make. Well, you said before that you don't think of food and macro and micronutrients and that food is the most important thing, which you just said. You consider food as electrons and protons, and how does that work with DHA? Well, this this is actually simple. Let's make it, for those of your listeners who don't know you know anything about biology, simple. Everybody in the community, all the critics and the supposed experts tell you about proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. I challenge anybody listening to this podcast to open up any biochemistry bar and show me where the input has protein, fat, or uh, carbohydrate transports. It's called electron chain transport. Okay? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It means all foods are stripped down to electrons. So if you want to talk about nonsense, then go read Rob Wolf's stuff because that's nonsense. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to understand about electrons. And carbohydrate electrons have more UV light in them than, say, uh, fat electrons, say, from a steak that you're going to eat or a fish you're going to eat. The key thing that people need to understand is that cytochrome 1 in your mitochondria has a thing called NADH, okay? It also is coupled to something called NAD positive. Um, what do you need to know about NADH? It is a chromophore protein that absorbs UV light at 340 nanometers. That is in the UVA range. So guess what? That's the reason all electrons from carbohydrates have to fill at cytochrome 1. It also happens to be the reason why fat proteins have to fill at cytochrome 2, which is AD positive. Why? Because it absorbs and re-emits in the blue range. And that means it doesn't have as much power. And this is how redox chemistry is set up. Um, the big issue that most of the paleo biochemists miss is they focus in on the biochemistry, but they don't understand anything about how surfaces interact. And that's why I get aggravated mm-hmm. about food, because food doesn't matter. The electrons that are in the food, however, do matter. And what forms the basis of that is the sun. The, the basis of all food webs on this planet are in photosynthesis. And everybody who doesn't have their head up their ass knows the basis of food webs are tied to photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is a 30 to 39-step process that's completely quantized. It's been worked out since 2006. So if you want to keep focusing in on what nutritional science has for the last 100 years and keep getting it wrong, mm-hmm. keep listening to the paleobiochemists. Uh, I'm going to take people a completely different way. Why? Because everything is about electrons and protons. Mm -hmm. Where this all ties in to DHA is we happen to be a kingdom of life, unlike bacteria archaea, where our cell membranes are amplified. Where is DHA fundamentally found? It's not in the inner mitochondrial membrane where electron transport is, but guess where it is? Every single cell membrane, the outside and all the things on the inside, like the, the RER and the Golgi apparatus, why is that? Because sunlight gets transmitted from a photonic power to a DC electric current power, and that power is generated by bringing electrons to the inner mitochondrial membrane. And that is the reason why eukaryotic cells are far more complex than bacteria or archaea. This really is, the irony for me is, the paleo guys try to tell people they're the evolutionary guys. I tell people they go back 100,000 years. I go back about 4.5 billion years. I want to know exactly how life fundamentally works and what happened 600 million years ago mm-hmm. when eukaryotes you know, showed up on the planet. You may be interested to know this, Tiffany, in case you don't. 600 million years ago, every single file on this planet exploded. Overnight, you know what two things happened in the uh, on the Earth's surface when that occurred? DHA what? and oxygen showed up on the planet. Okay. So you asked me how did DHA fundamentally start? Huh. DHA showed up. It was the first time two kingdoms of life were able to use UV light for the first time, utilizing the photoelectric effect. And if you understand how mitochondria work, what's the terminal electron acceptor in mitochondria? Oxygen. So you said before that DHA kind of acts like electrical tape on an electrical wire. So if you have good DHA going through your 
or surrounding your nerves or the currents in your body, it uh, it helps improve the electron flow in your body. Is that correct? Well, I wouldn't. I, I would say that that's something that I use when I talk to my patients in mm-hmm. the office, just to try to get them to understand it. The the real mechanics is a little bit different. DHA's ability is to take UV light and turn it into a DC electric current. Mm-hmm. The DC electric current then is negatively charged electrons that is delivered cytochrome one. So that's fundamentally the way that it really works. But explain it to you. You know, someone from Mississippi who have a third grade education, mm-hmm. I do use an uh, analogy uh, that you just mentioned, which is, you know, a, a electrical wire mm-hmm. with the covering strip. If you do that, you get a short circuit. Everybody has figured that out because they've had that experience in life. And how do you fix a short circuit like that? You put electrical tape around it. And it turns out, you know, why does that make some sense both on a macro and micro level? Because DHA is found on cell membranes on the outside. It's found on the outside of nerves that allow us to utilize the photoelectric effect from the most powerful part of the spectrum of light, which mm-hmm. is purple light. That's part of the reason why if you ever see me do a talk live anywhere, you'll always notice that I've got something purple on. Mm-hmm. Purple light would save my life. Okay, we can get a little bit more into light. Later, but I wanted to talk about mitochondria. You said that DHA lines the surface of every cell, so it's also in the mitochondria. So it lines the mitochondria. I don't It's not in mitochondria. It's not in mitochondria. Right, it's not. It's it's the one place it's not. Why? Because where does mitochondria come from? Physiological. It's bacteria. Yeah. And what has you perhaps done mitochondria to make it work? We deleted all of the genes down to 13. And the reason why we did that is so that mitochondria have to only work with oxygen. We no longer can work with any other terminal electron acceptor in bacteria in our gut. And we did that for a reason. Why? Because we're setting up the huge redox potential from cytochrome 1 all the way to oxygen so that we can more energy from electrons delivered to cytochrome 1 by DHA on every other cell membrane of our body. Okay. So DHA is a funnel on eukaryotic cell membranes everywhere to basically deliver huge amounts of electrons to run our intermitochondrial membrane because the way life works, it's pretty simple. If you interrupt electron flow in the mitochondria, you get this thing called a cadaver. Die. <laughs> And the same thing happens with chloroplast. When they get no UV light, the dense core granules inside the chloroplast stops spinning and the plant eventually dies. That's the reason why putting a tarp over a tree is not a good idea. Well, every time you put sunglasses on, every time you put sunblock on, that's like putting a tarp over a tree. The irony is people don't go out. And then it gets even more interesting. You can see that humans today live indoors under LED fluorescent If you've looked at the, the spectrum of those cells, which most people haven't, and I have, guess what you find out? There's no UV light in any of this. Mm-hmm. So that means your indoor life is just in to put in a park over a cactus tree, and you wonder why you're getting sick. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I'm going to get you back out in the light, and I need to teach you how to use DHA to make that DHA electric current to make the intermitochondrial membrane so fast 
it's crazy. And mm. you'll see the weight fall off and you'll see the hormone panel increase. But until you get the details right, you're going to keep some half truths and other interests. I'm interested in the whole kitten caboodle. Okay, uh, Dr. Cruz, we have a chat room going on, and we're, they're saying that we're getting a lot of choppiness and interference on our line here. Um, could you hang up and call back that guest call-in number I Skyped you earlier, if you're able to see uh, that? Is it that 1708 number? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. That'll be a little Just wanted to say thanks for your patience to our listeners. We are dealing with the kind of standard technical difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back yeah. as soon as Dr. Cruz can can call us back here. All right, guys, I'm on. Okay, I'm gonna call in solo. Okay, can you guys still hear me? Uh, yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Is this the crew now? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. That's much better. <laughs> All right, let's We're go. Back. Where are we going to go next? Um, I want to talk about cold thermogenesis because people go nuts over this. Good. I and love I've been that. doing it for a while. Um, uh, how does that relate to us? You described DMPs as superconductors before. What does cold thermogenesis do to us on a quantum level? Okay, this one this one is very simple. Uh, probably most people are, are worried it's going to be. Um, I'm going to give you an example of uh, Swedish girls. What happens with Swedish mm-hmm. girls? Uh, Swedish girls have blonde hair and blue eyes. You know why? Because they live in areas where UV light isn't very powerful. Uh, so when you have blue eyes, it brings the light to your eyes. But what do you notice when you look at bright light? You blink a lot. You know why you blink a lot? Because you have tearing that comes over the surface of your eye. The tearing cools the surface of the cornea so that you can absorb more UV light into your RPE so that it works even better. It actually increases mm-hmm. the magnetism that's present in your mitochondria. And most people don't realize that mitochondria functionally are small nanoelectromagnets, but that's exactly what they are. We have things in in my profession, my day job in neurosurgery, uh, called magnetic encephalography. Uh, And it turns out that we know that magnetism is based in tissues that have huge amounts of mitochondria. So what what two, two organs that your listeners will know have more mitochondria in humans than any other? The heart and the brain. That's part of the reason why those two tissues are under assault now with, uh, with neolithic disease because when you lose your magnetic effect, you're losing your ability to absorb UV light from the surfaces. What are the surfaces that I'm talking about in biology? I'm talking about the eye, the skin, the gut, and the lung, okay? And all of those are designed to be cool on the surface so that you can absorb more purple light into your body and store it. And this is where it gets really cool for people. I want you, in your mind's eye, think about a cell in your head right now. 
you know that the nucleus is in the middle and out at the periphery where the cell membrane um, is where DHA is. I want you to then take mm-hmm. Pink Floyd's rainbow and imagine the purple side is by the nucleus and the red side mm-hmm. is by the cell membrane. That means that the cell is topologically organized to light frequencies. What does that mean? It means if you took a FLIR infrared camera and put it on the surface of anybody listening to this call, you would be emitting red light. Usually we emit between 800 and 900 nanometers. Here's the cool part. Where are we designed to store purple light, UV light, in your nucleus where the DNA and RNA is? And you know what happens there? We have two proteins called histones and chromatin that actually condense down purple light. And anytime you condense things, you make them more magnetic. Just think about it. With cold, what happens? Things shrink. What happens when you have energy failure? Let's, let's, let's make common sense stuff. Let's think about heart failure. Does your heart get bigger or smaller when it fails? It gets bigger. Bigger. When you sprain your ankle, does it get bigger or smaller when it swells? It gets bigger. Now, let's scale this outside of biology to a star. What happens when a star gets close to the end of its life? It gets bigger before it explodes. See, this is how magnetism functionally works. You're designed utilizing magnetic effects to condense proteins in your body. And magnetism is basically a way for you to absorb as much purple light as possible so that you can innovate solutions to different diseases and maintain your wellness over time. Um, the only There's only two things in, in physics that actually can increase magnetism. What are those two things? Cold and electric current. What have we been talking about for the last 45 minutes? We've been talking about DHA and how it turns light into a DC electric current. There you go. And I just told you that in the inner mitochondrial membrane, uh, we can develop almost 30 million volts of charge. The reason why we can go that high is because the inner mitochondrial membrane is only six nanometers big. So mm-hmm. it shows you that the current to flow through there that we use is the key part of the story. If you are a purple light, the less food you have to eat to maintain that flow. That's exactly what a tree does. The problem is, and this is what I realized when I try to lose my weight, is I said, you know what my goal is? My goal is to increase the amount of electrons that I get from the environment and, and limit the ones that I need from food. And the best way for me to do that is to harvest as much purple light as I can and actually use mm-hmm. cold to increase the flow in my inner mitochondrial membrane. Guess what? That's where the electron prescription and cold thermogenesis came from, and that's how it works fundamentally. And you become like a tree. I mean, Humans and trees have one thing in common. They're both alive. The one thing that's different is the tree. Sorry about that, guys. It's all bourbon street, so it's kind of busy here. But uh, <laughs> a, tr- a tree a tree, uh, is 100% connected into the Earth's magnetic field. A tree is 100% connected to the sun that I'm looking at right now. Um, the reason a tree doesn't have to eat is because it gets all its nutrients from the Earth and from the sun. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it makes its wood out of thin air. The thing that we, the the difference between us, even though we're alive, we're designed to move across the tectonic plates. So we have backup systems in us in order to deliver electrons to our mitochondria uh, while we're disconnected. 
the key thing is, is the more disconnected life you live, the more food you need to offset that issue. Mm-hmm. So that basically tells you that when you're disconnected from the major source of power in the sun, which is UV light, and you're walking around with shoes that have rubber soles on them, or you live a life where you drive around in a car that's inside glass that blocks UV light, and you have four tires, you're never connected to the earth, you can see that you're going to have to probably eat a little bit more in order to maintain the current of flow on your inner mitochondrial membrane. When I realized all this, I was like, holy shit, this is actually all physics. If I just reconnect with nature and reconnect with the power of the sun and reconnect with the Earth's magnetic field, I think I may be able to lose this weight by doing brain surgery on myself without a scalpel. I actually was using light and cold. And the results speak for themselves. I'm 10 years down the pike now, and uh, I still haven't gained the weight back. Cool. Dr. Well, Cruz, this, to... this is uh, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Sorry, Tip. Uh, this is Jonathan. This is absolutely fascinating stuff. <clears throat> uh, I really appreciate you talking with us today. I just had a quick question about inflammation. Um, what do you think? Do you think that inflammation is the cause of or the result of this lack of uh, electrical conductivity? Well, I mean, that one's pretty simple. And, and it, this one gets a little bit more, I think, back to physics. Influence. See, doctors talk inflammation, but what they, we really need to talk about is protons because that's what inflammation is. And see, when you have a lack of electrons, that means you have more protons. And that's really, I mean, that sounds almost simplistic for me to say that to you and your listeners, but it's absolutely the truth. So I've already told you, how do you harvest electrons from the environment best? DHA is the answer. DHA takes purple light, turns it into a DC electric current. When you have a DC electric current, guess what? You lower the amount of protons that are spit out uh, and that cause all the inflammatory pathways. A lot of the nonsense that we talk about in medicine, you know, giving people supplements and, and having me in an anti-inflammatory diet, that's a bunch of horseshit. That's a bunch of half-truths that, I mean, we continue to sell people. And the thing that really frustrates me about my own profession is that, you know, 10 years ago, I was part of that problem. I believed all of that. I don't believe any of that anymore. I, I understand truly how a cell basically is a playground for photons. And, and the thing what you need to understand, getting to the fundamentals of your question, what is the benefit of light really in this? I mean, every fat person listening to this knows that they're big and fat for a reason, but they don't understand how this relates to light. Light carries energy and momentum and has no mass. Guess what? When you use any other source, it actually adds mass to it. So light is the fastest way for you to get optimal. And the thing is, you need to learn how to assimilate that light into your cell because your cell is designed a playground for photons. The problem is our modern life, our modern beliefs, our modern paleo precepts are wrong. See, what I deal in is fundamental natural concepts that are based on physical laws, like E equals MC squared, like the photoelectric effect, like gravitational lensing, like uh, special and general relativity. And, you know, we haven't talked about any of those, but like I told you earlier in this call, you don't need to know the physics. You just need to understand how it works and what to do. And 
I'm doing it right now as I talk to you guys. You're making me steal electrons by talking on this phone, but I'm standing on Burma <laughs> Street right now with no shirt on, no shoes, looking up at my magnolia tree into the sun, getting full-spectrum sunlight, you know, in my eye. And I happen to be in a part of, you know, our country where we're still getting UVB and UVA light. And you guys aren't. You're all listening to me on the Internet. So I'm actually mitigating <laughs> my risk. As I talk to you, so I'm kind of I'm kind of glad we're not on Skype anymore and I'm on the because I can be outside here. But if you guys would have seen well, where I was inside my house, you would have seen mm-hmm. that I had a UVA bulb on and an IR a red light inside my house. Now that's not as good a source as the source I'm looking at right now, but it still helps. And those those are the kind of things that your listeners need to know. Instead of you know, buying Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson supplements and their paleo ideas, uh, we need more light gurus. We don't need food mm-hmm. gurus. Food gurus are not, they're going to continue to sell half-truths to everybody. Um, I want you all to all understand how it really works. And the cool thing about this, I don't sell anybody anything. Why? Because I don't believe that you need anything. The, the natural design, the quantum design in yourself is designed to work if you just get your beliefs out of the way of nature. That's all you need to do. Well, we're all going to go outside after we're done with this podcast. Well, um, I'm glad. Because, I, wanna... you know, that's the, that, I hate to say but that's the thing that we're all missing. Yeah, we should be getting as much sun as possible between the hours of 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., but sunlight after that, is that still good? Well, it, this is a great question. Um I think before we get into that, you need to tell your listeners why AM sunlight is extremely important. And I'll explain it to you quick. At nighttime when we're sleeping, your retina is turned off. But people don't realize the human retina is extremely photosensitive. In other words, when you wake up the first point in the morning, your retina has a sensitivity to five photons. Five, okay? Now, let me explain to you how powerful that really is. I want you to think about a Christmas bulb like that's on the rock post on a Christmas tree. And I'm talking about the old bulbs that used to look like a teardrop. One of those mm-hmm. bulbs every second releases 10 to the 20th photons. But your retina can respond to five. So that means in the morning, you're, you need to get sunlight. So all my members have known for five years, the first thing they need to do as soon as they wake up is go outside with no glasses, not behind the window, and let the sunlight hit their face. And the reason for that is you need to give the wake-up signal to the RPE in your retina that directly goes through this pathway called the retinal hypothalamic pathway in the central part of the retina. You know where that pathway goes? It goes to a place called the anterior pituitary gland. The anterior pituitary gland releases these hormones that you all know about, and they're designed to be released between 6 and 10 a.m. If you don't get that sunlight signal you never get the signal to turn on the giant compound pharmacy in your brain. So you don't need anti-aging doctors to give you testosterone, growth hormone, and all this once you understand how light turns on the keys to the kingdom. That's why AM sunlight is really important, and I wrote a blog post that I would tell everybody to read if you're interested about it. It's called Cold Thermogenesis 7, and basically breaks down in a 24-hour period how all the hormones are released and how light and dark controls the whole cycle. AM is absolutely critical in the whole pathway because if you don't open the compound pharmacy properly in the morning, 
you cannot get all the other benefits later in the day. And here's the crazy thing. The way the eye works, the eye controls what happens at nighttime too. And, you know, most alternative practitioners, most uh, allopathic doctors, just about everybody I know thinks that, you know, melatonin, which controls sleep, is released from the pineal gland. Here's what you don't know. The latest research in the last probably eight, nine years show that full-spectrum sunlight in the morning actually increases ocular melatonin. Without ocular melatonin made in the eye, you cannot release pineal melatonin after four hours of darkness. So I want you to think about that for a minute. That means if you can't sleep, you're not getting enough purple light in the morning to make ocular melatonin to go to sleep at night. And it turns out that the blue light that you have from LEDs and fluorescent lights in your indoor existence also turn off your ability to make pineal melatonin later in the day. Mm -hmm. So then you get a double landing. And this is the reason why so many people think taking supplemental melatonin is a good idea. I'm going to tell you it's, it's probably one of the worst things you could ever do. And it also tells me that you're completely light mismatched. Uh, it tells me that your lifestyle is a huge problem and you need to really understand fundamentally how light works better. Uh, and that's what makes me a pain in the ass for a lot of people because, I, like I said, I'm a detailed-oriented guy. I'm going to make sure that you understand exactly how the mechanisms between rods, cones, and melanopsin work in the morning to dictate what happens at night, and what happens at night gets dictated through the night with both growth hormone release, with uh, uh, melatonin release at darkness, and then around 4 a.m. with cortisol. And one, mm-hmm. of the, one of the reasons why most people don't understand this is they have flat ASIs, adrenal stress indexes, and they think they can eat carbohydrates and make it come back. I mean, I hear so much nonsense from people. It, it just makes me laugh. They have no idea that this is all related to a poor lit environment. And that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Uh, and they don't understand the pathways. They don't understand the neuroanatomy. This is where me being a neurosurgeon probably helps me out more than most other people. Uh, I had to learn all these things in medical school. I had no idea why I had to learn it. Now I know why I had to learn it because without that knowledge, I don't think I would have figured this out. Okay, so we should be getting as much AM light as possible. And then if we're indoors, we should have like uh, red lights, or the black lights that release the the violet spectrum? Well, I, I don't even want to talk about artificial lights. That, that really is mm-hmm. a completely whole different ball of tricks. That's something I would tell you maybe I come back on later and we talk about that. Yeah. Everybody needs to focus okay. on doing it the right way. Get out in the sun in the morning. And here's the other key thing. That means nothing on your cornea. That means no contacts. That means no glasses. That means no sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And, and let me be clear about this, because I very rarely use this word. Never. Did you hear me? Never. <laughs> never. Uh, just so you guys know, never. You always want to wear glasses. Why? Because you can take them off. When you have contacts on, what do contacts do? Contacts block UV light. They usually block blue, too. But what else do they do? They cause pseudohypoxia on your cornea. You know why you need to know that? Uh, this is one that shocks most people when they hear it. Any, the way your cornea works, it's transparent, so it has no blood vessels in it. So that means it gets its oxygen from the environment. So if you put a piece of plastic mm-hmm. over the cornea, do you think that's good for oxygen or bad? Mm-hmm. It's bad. And what does that yeah. mean when you have less oxygen? It means you absorb less UV light, 
through your eye going into your RPE. What is that akin to? Putting a tarp over a tree. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people listening to this right now go, oh, shit, I've been wearing contacts forever. Well, if you read my Ubiquination 24 blog post, which gets into all these little details and expands each one of them, I promise you when mm-hmm. you finish that one blog, you will never, ever, ever wear a contact or put sunglasses on your eyes ever again. Because what does that do? Anytime it lowers oxygen, it also lowers UV light assimilation. What's the eventual result there? You get less dopamine in your frontal lobes. What happens? When you have less dopamine in your frontal lobes, you get fatter. You also get mm-hmm. neurodegeneration. You get type 2 diabetes. Here's the big thing for the athletes. Lower dopamine levels go through a pathway called PGC1-alpha. What does PGC1-alpha do? It actually picks out skeletal muscle. So you wind up getting more fat in your skeletal muscle. You become insulin resistant. So that's the reason why people who have no UV light assimilation have all these different problems that you see. It all ties back to that original interaction between light on your retina. And nobody could fathom just wearing a little contact is one of the reasons why this happens. And in that blog, you'll learn there's a thing called the celibacy syndrome in Japan going on right now. Everybody in Japan, everybody in Asia, in the last 60 years, has developed myopia. Myopia is nearsightedness. And why is this happening? Because these kids are using all these technology devices that are LED blue lit that destroy the fundamentals in their eye. And an eyeball elongates, and as it elongates, they can't make dopamine. So guess what? They don't want to have sex. And when they don't have sex, what does that do? It turns down the anterior pituitary. Why? Because it can't get any UV light in there in the morning to turn the lights on. And when you look at all these little aspects, you begin to start to see a very interesting story develop. And then you look at our country, the United States, and you see all the different medical problems that we have here. What are they all tied to? They're all tied to low dopamine states. And we have idiot obesity researchers telling people that it's about the reward theory of carbohydrates and all kinds of bullshit like that. No, it has nothing to do with that. The fastest way for you to make dopamine in your frontal lobes and throughout your brain, because that's where it starts, Mm -hmm. is actually from UV light. You have to assimilate it. And if you can't assimilate it, you're in big trouble. And wherever you're deficient, that determines the disease that you're going to get. Where does water come into all this? Oh, girl, you're asking good stuff. (laughs) I would tell everybody, uh, I'll preface my statement with this, everybody who listens to this, if you don't buy this book, I'm calling you an idiot. It's called The Fourth Phase of Water by Gerald Pollack. He basically takes water. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you. He takes water and makes it so that a third grader can understand it. But the water that's in your cup um, is not the water that works in your cell. It's completely different. And the best way for me to describe water to you, water is a repository of electromagnetic radiation. Okay, that's the doctor talk. What's the real talk now? It means that water is a battery. When light hits it, the light energy is stored in the molecular bonds of water. What is the most powerful part of of solar spectrum? It's purple light. We already talked about that. Well, you're going to find in Pollock's book that when Water is bound to a protein, uh, which is what happens inside a cell. We make this thing called an exclusion zone. An exclusion zone absorbs light at 270 nanometers. 
For those of you who don't know, that is UVB range, okay, meaning it's the most powerful part of the solar spectrum we get. So water becomes capable of, of uh, collecting tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation. What's the other band that uh, UV light, I should say, I'm sorry, that, that sunlight is absorbed in water? It turns out it's infrared. So if you ever meet me or see me in a, uh, a talk, you'll notice that I usually have red and purple on. Now you probably know the reason why, because this is also the reason why that the human eye is invisible to UV and IR light. Why? Because we use those two specific frequencies to signal things throughout our brain. We don't use blue, red, or green. That's the part of the eye camera. See, the eye has a clock and a camera. It turns out UV and IR are really important for the clock, which is based in the supercosmetic nucleus. And it turns out the other three are all tied to how we have camera vision. And the sad part of our story is that most neurologists, neurosurgeons, and ophthalmologists only focus in on the eye camera. And it turns out that the leptin prescription and clothermogenesis is all about the eye clock. And once you get the clock right, you basically set timing for everything in a cell so that you can get back to optimal no matter how bad you screwed your decisions up in your life. God knows I made more mistakes 40 years of my life than anybody on this planet, which is why I was a giant, you know, a giant man at that time. But uh, the mm-hmm. best thing I can tell everybody listening to this, if you are learning anything at all, is that the laws of physics are all time invariant. What does that mean? It means that they can go forward and backward. And why is that great news for all of us listening to this? Because if you listen, even if you only understand 5% of what I said, and you start doing some of this, you have the power with the doctor inside of you to reverse just about any disease that's on this planet. Now, the more difficult the disease is, the more you're going to have to get right, and that's kind of why my site exists for people. I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in getting a little bit better. I'm interested in complete reversals. Well, I wanted to get into EMF for a little bit, but do you have a question first? Is Jonathan oh, there? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I did. Uh, Dr. Cruz, I wanted to ask you, you had just, and this goes to the point you just mentioned, that you have made a lot of mistakes in your own life in this regard, and um, <clears throat> myself as well. You know, I've worked uh, on computers for many years. I've been light deficient for many years. I, I know that when I get out, when, I, when I'm in bright sunlight, I feel better. So it's just totally a, a no-brainer. So my, question, my question is, um, for those of us who who have been light deficient for so long, uh, can we just get out and and start doing these practices? Looking, you know, getting the light in the morning, or is there something else um, that we need to do to kind of jumpstart the process? Um, you know, well, having yeah, different lights indoors, or that kind of thing. Well, I don't want to. I really don't want to talk about indoor light. I'm going to tell you why. It makes it way more okay. complicated. If you really sure. want to learn more about that, I would say become a member on my site. Because the webinars that I do really will split your head open. But for the lay public cool. who are listening to this, they need to know the basics. Here's the basics. You need AM light. The more of it you get in the morning, the better it is. So as soon as the sun rises, get that sun in your face. And it doesn't matter. It's better if you get it early in the morning. But as long as you're getting it, here's the key. At nighttime, as soon as the sun sets, you must block the blue. Okay? So that means you go to the optometry store or you go to Lowe's and Home Depot and you buy blue-blocking glasses. Uh, 
you can barely find the cheap ones anymore. They're called UVEX glasses. Um, but we have a member on my site, Tom Dowd, who's an optometrist. Uh, and even in my clinic uh, in the Gulf South, I now have blue tech lenses that I tell everybody, these are the things that you want to use when the sun sets or when you're indoors on a computer around fluorescent or LED lights. Why? Because those lights, all LEDs, make huge spikes of blue light between 435 and 465 nanometers. That is what destroys ocular melatonin. It also turns off melanosin. That destroys your sleep. So if you get AM full-spectrum sunlight and block blues at night and block blues anytime you're indoors, you have basically probably got 90% of the problem licked. Here's the key part. This is the part specifically you asked me about. The more blue light toxic or blue light hazard that you have faced in your entire life, the more DHA you need. Why? And this is a very important point. I mentioned it earlier. DHA is the, is the fuel source for the RPE in the eye. The RPE in the eye is what regenerates the rods and the cones. So the more blue light you have, the more DHA you need. Why? Because what does blue light fundamentally do? It destroys, by photooxidation, the amount of DHA in your eye. And this is the reason why I have a huge problem with paleo guys. And I'll give you, I'm going to give you guys a really good example of this. There's a guy, and uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm being an asshole by saying this, because I have a blog coming out about this. This will show, you how, story, well, this will show you how powerful the story is. There's a guy in the CrossFit community. He's a big paleo guy. Every picture that you see of him working out is in an indoor gym under fluorescent and blue lights. His name is Kevin Ogre. About a year and a half ago, he was doing some lifting, deadlifts, at a CrossFit game, and his thoracic spine fractured. And he paralyzed himself. And if you looked at him, he looked like Adonis on the outside, okay? But here's what you need to understand. UV light and cold builds your body with something called triplet oxygen. When you have blue light around, you can look really great on the outside like Michelangelo's David, but your insides are built like an 80-year-old woman. And this is what the paleo community doesn't understand. And if you look at Ogre's story. No one has been able to figure out why this guy got osteoporosis. But look, I can tell you exactly why it happened. Because every picture of him ever taken was with him working out where? Indoors. And that's exactly why it happened. Not outside. And you need to realize that if you are going to exercise, the guys that I tell my members to, to uh, follow is guys like Irvin LaCour at MoveNet, Edo mm -hmm. Portal, uh, and a, a member on my site, Joe Braccoloni. Why? Because they're doing natural movements in full-spectrum sunlight. And I'm not kidding. Just walking the streets where I am right now is better than you going to a CrossFit gym under LED lights and fluorescent lights. And this is very counterintuitive for people to hear, but it's fundamentally tied back to the story. Mm. Okay, so if it's better to work out after 5, or is that just during your leptin prescription? So if it's wintertime, well, no, that's, that's, a, that's a different story. That we're talking okay. about that specifically was about maximum protein synthesis. That means if you okay. want to hypertrophy your body. But here's the key story. You shouldn't, when you're trying to reverse a disease or an illness, you shouldn't try to hypertrophy your body. What you need to do is mm -hmm. get your body well first, okay? Mm -hmm. 
So the key thing is that all these paleo guys are making a mistake of they're hypertrophying their body without really fixing the fundamental problem. And what happens? You build a body there that's incoherent. And that's the reason why so many of these guys look like Adonis on the outside, but if you've got hormone panels on them, they all have adrenal stress indexes that are upside down. Their testosterone levels are three, 400. And, and their mm-hmm. anti-aging doctors can't figure it out because they're, like, looking at these guys like, how is this possible? And the reason why it's possible is because they don't realize their bodies are made out of singlet oxygen radicals instead of triplets. And, you know, everybody looks at ROS and RNS as the same thing. It's not. It's just like light. Light and water aren't what you think it is. Light is broken into very specific frequencies. Water becomes an EZ. Most people don't even know that water has this capability just when it touches proteins that are hydrophilic or when it hits any light. And I'm telling you the same thing about free radicals made in your mitochondria. You are designed on this magnetic field called Earth to make triplet free radicals. The problem is when you live in a blue-lit world and you're on the computer all day and you live indoors like that cactus with a tarp over it, you can only make singlet oxygen. Mm-hmm. And therein lies a huge problem. And this little detail can lead to massive problems for the clinician and for the patient. And my job is to kind of get you guys to see the inconvenient truth. Yes, it is quite inconvenient. (laughs) So that makes me want to talk about uh, EMF. We all know it's evil. We've done a couple of podcasts on how evil it is. Um, You said that being exposed to EMF is like gorging yourself on cheesecake. Why is that? Correct. Well, this one is actually going to be really simple based on what I just told you. Now we're going to do third grade stuff. What do you know about light already? It's electromagnetic waves, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you know um, about non-native EMF? It's also made of electromagnetic spectrum. So I want you to think about sitting at the beach and seeing two waves interact. They have Mm -hmm. constructive interference and destructive. So I want you to think about all the non-native EMF. In our atmosphere for the last 60 years, we now have more non-native electromagnetic radiation in the ionosphere than we do on the surface of the, the sun. That's actually been proven by NASA. So here's what you have to ask yourself. If that, in fact, is the case, because everybody has a cell phone and we're using Wi-Fi, what is the effect of those waves in the ionosphere interacting with solar spectrum? Do you think there's some places on this planet where maybe we can cancel out the effect of UV and UVA and UVB light? The answer is yes. You happen to live in a city like New York, San Francisco, or any other major U.S. city, guess what? Even in full-spectrum sunlight, you may not be able to make vitamin D. You may not be able to turn your hormones on. Why? Because you have destructive patterns above your head that you don't even see going on. Why? Because you can't see that spectrum. You have no idea how it works. Um, And basically what that does, it's like putting a tarp all over the surface of the earth. Mm. That's exactly the major effect, Uh, it gets even more interesting because the effect of vitamin D3 from UVB light actually is to quiet cell membranes, meaning they don't oscillate or vibrate. What is the fundamental physical effect of how microwaves, which is what your cell phone and what Mm -hmm. um, Wi-Fi works on, it causes oscillations and vibrations. So just think about it if your strings of your guitar, if you strum them more, versus less. Do you think that would alter cell signaling? Of course it does. 
I mean, you have to be a moron not to know this. You know, guys like, uh, you know, not to keep picking on the paleo guys, but it's important for your listeners to hear. A guy like Chris Kresser wrote a blog post about six months ago saying that microwaves are okay. That is fundamentally totally destructive to anybody. And, I mean, it, it almost blew my mind when he wrote it. And we have, you know, thousands of people following this guy thinking he knows what he's talking about. That 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 kind of advice is akin to telling people, put bullets in your gun, pull the trigger, take statins, you know, do whatever crazy <laughs> bullshit you want to do. But it is psychotic because people don't understand how different parts of the electromagnetic spectrum work with respect to parts of ourselves. Um, non-native EMF I could talk about forever because I've written tons of blogs about it and I know a shitload about mm-hmm. it. The bottom line is you need to realize that you are designed to work with a spectrum of light between 260 and 800. Anything that screws that up screws you up because your cells are topologically organized directly to work with those frequencies of light. And Mm -hmm. you have to realize that microwaves block you. It's just like a tarp. It's a tarp over a tree. It lowers your ability to absorb electromagnetic radiation from the sun to power your cells. If you understand Mm -hmm. that simple, you got it. Okay. So I wanted to get into sleep and why it's so important and why do you think that the magnetical sleep pad is such a good thing? Well, that's pretty simple too. The questions you're asking me are good because they lead one to the next. Uh, The magnetical basically... When you live a modern life that basically vibrates all your cell membranes like, you know, electric guitar, the magnetico mm-hmm. actually can quiet that at night because one of the things that we no longer do as a species, even though we're mammals, we don't sleep on the ground like all mammals do. So we break one of those big rules. So that means we're never connected to the Earth's magnetic field. So what does that mean? That means that we do not optimize uh, ocular melatonin or pineal melatonin at any time in our life because of our modern beliefs and culture. Uh, so a magnetico is one way to fix, uh, I shouldn't say fix, it's one way to put spackle on a broken quarter panel. It can't fix mm-hmm. it. The best thing to do is go and Google any, you know, research paper on how camping resets your sleep cycle, like within yeah. three or four days. And then you'll understand mm-hmm. why. Uh, that's the key. But the big issue with sleep, uh, we already covered this, to be honest with you. You got to make ocular melatonin to make pineal melatonin, and then at mm-hmm. night, the whole point of sleep is that it, it controls the two change programs in mitochondria. One is called autophagy; the other one's apoptosis. What does autophagy do? It recycles proteins in our body, so we don't have to replace them because anytime we replace proteins, it's the single most energy costly thing that a body can do. What apoptosis does is different; it takes out bad redox shifted mitochondria, meaning mitochondria that are so screwed up that they are not fixable. The reason why you want to get rid of them is because they're energy inefficient. They can't handle electrons from the environment. Uh, The guy that I always point out that makes this mistake, and again, not to pick on people, but it it gives somebody an example, is Jimmy Moore in the low-carb community. Jimmy does a lot right, but the one thing he does wrong is that he is blue light toxic. And the reason why he struggles with his weight even now is because he has not realized that his job as a podcaster and an interview and a Twitter master is what's killing him. And <laughs> you need to understand how to mitigate those risks. He does. He thinks that he can do it by being ketotic all the time. 
What did we learn about ketosis? When you do ketosis 24-7, you can never clear out redox-shifted mitochondria. That's the reason why seasons matter. Mm -hmm. um, and during the summertime, you're designed to eat carbohydrates so that you can get rid of redox-shifted mitochondria. And when you have a modern belief that, you know, all carbs are always bad, you lose that. The problem is carbohydrates only are bad for you when there's no UV light coming through those four surfaces that we talked about before. See, and that's Jimmy's problem. Jimmy never gets in UV light. He's always in fake blue light. And that's mm. the reason why thermodynamically he's a red giant and he's not a white dwarf. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to throw some some disorders, some paleolithic disorders at you, and you could just tell us briefly, like, on a quantum level, what might be going on with that. Um Multiple sclerosis. Uh, that's that's a big one, but that one's. I mean, I got blogs on that, but that's a blue light toxic disease with no UV light in. A classic mm -hmm. example in the paleo committee is Terry Walls. I give her a lot of credit because she's done a lot for that disease. But here's the thing: I always point out to people, Terry is the first one to tell you, you do what you, she tells you to do, you'll do better. But guess what? Mm -hmm. Terry hasn't reversed her MS. I got people on my site that have. What's the difference? She's missing the purple light. See, purple mm -hmm. light is what makes vitamin D. That's the reason why the further you get away from the equator, everybody has a problem with MS. That's why Finland, Sweden have more MS than just about any place around. Why are we starting to see MS in places that are closest to the equator? For the, answer, for the reason I just told you before. When you have so much non-native EMF in the environment, you can't make vitamin D even if you live in New Orleans like I do. Mm. And that's the key. The key is that MS is a disease of aquaporin-4 gates, okay? Now we're going to get down to my level. Aquaporin-4 <laughs> are water channels that are between glial cells and neural cells. They control the, the flow of water between them. We can see this on MRIs by people having white matter, uh, plaques in their head and in their nerves. And mm -hmm. guess what the aquaporin-4 gates work on? In the channel, the water channel, there's four nitrogen. You know where else there's four nitrogens? In hemoglobin and in chloroplasts. Why? That's where UV light is absorbed. There's your answer. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Same deal. Uh, it's the same deal. Yeah. The only difference is the deficit is in fibroblasts because they're lacking mm -hmm. UV light. Uh, all you have to do is teach them how to assimilate it and then fix. They usually also have a very severe deficiency of DHA. Not only that, all of these people almost have positive tibial compression tests, which is a test that you can do when you press on your tibia bone. It hurts. Uh, that tells you that their DC electric current is so low uh, and their immune system is turned completely off uh, mm -hmm. that you just have to turn it back on. But you, they usually have several levels of deficit, but most of it is in the connective tissue, stroma. Mm -hmm. um, within two to three years, though, if they do the things correctly, they actually can make huge impacts on their disease. Uh, the problem is most of these people have 30- and 40-year deficits of UV light, so this is mm. not a reversal that you're going to expect, you know, in six or seven months. Obesity like my, mine was, that was, I almost think it was unfair to people that that was my, you know, cross the bear because that was, it's actually a really easy one to fix because it, it doesn't, it's not a difficult hack to do. These other mm -hmm. diseases are much more difficult. 
Why? Because they have several levels of disease, and you really have to understand quantum organization of how a cell works, you know, kind of like I told you before about the topologic organization, and you also need to understand about nitrogen. That's really nitrogen and UV light are humongous, uh, mm-hmm. the linkage there, and that's what my whole ubiquination series is about. It's about teaching people why red cells are constructed the way they are and why chloroplasts are constructed the way they are. Because if you look at chlorophyll from a plant, you look at hemoglobin from our red cells, and you put them on a projector screen, the thing you're going to be shocked at, they look exactly the same. The only difference is one's got magnesium in it, the other one's got uh, iron in it. And mm-hmm. you use those electrons with sunlight to, to generate the photoelectric effect. The key difference is just the color frequency. You know, um, we use different frequencies than plants. But the interesting thing is we both are harvesting the same purple light uh, to drive that current. Uh, and that's the key. The thing is we just mm-hmm. do it in different fashions on a quantum fashion, but the ultimate endpoint is to turn UV light into a DC electric current because, remember, purple light has the shortest frequency in the solar spectrum. That means it has the most DC electric current buried in that wavelength. So it's like um, like nuclear power for us. Okay, what about people who have the MTHFR gene? Yeah, you don't you shouldn't even worry about it. I mean, no worries. <laughs> I, I get it. I get, I get, get into this all the time. Well, I'll, I'll explain to you why. This is mm-hmm. real. It goes back to that mitochondria story that I told you about earlier. Remember when we stole the mitochondria from the bacteria? We deleted all of its genes down to 13. And, and the reason we did that is because we wanted the mitochondria only to work with oxygen. Let's talk about MTHFR. We see so much bullshit from people out there like Yasco And, I mean, the alternative world is so crazy about trying to mitigate all these effects. You know why the MTHFR stuff doesn't really matter? If you are powering the cell up, mm-hmm. you will never have a problem with these SNPs at all. The problem is, you know when the SNPs become a problem? when you're UV light deficient, mm-hmm. and that's the key. And I tell people on my site, and you guys can get on my site and ask people that have had this problem. There's a girl on my site named Christy Malinay, who she's got every defect known to man, and guess what? When she finally got the message that she needed to assimilate UV light, all of her problems that she spent thousands of dollars with other doctors magically went away. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you will not epigenetically express problems when you have UV light present. You will when you don't. Mm-hmm. So I guess the same thing could go for uh, Crohn's disease or cancer? Well, Crohn's disease is an autoimmune condition, and yeah. I'm trying to think the blog that describes that the best is Ubiquination 25. That's from a deficit of being able to assimilate UV light from the gut. That is very complex, but that blog really hammers it home. I would tell mm-hmm. you to read that one. And that one kind of is a big deal for me because my uh, old nurse, her son, died at 27 years old from colon cancer from Crohn's. And mm-hmm. Crohn's is a pre-malignant state. I have another blog in the ubiquination series called the Epi-Oncogenesis uh, Pathway. And, again, this is also from a lack of UV light. Um, mm-hmm. You basically get cancer when you cannot assimilate the appropriate signals from the environment. People have been, since 1971, when Nixon 
uh, started the war on cancer. Mm-hmm. All that time, we've been looking in the genome for the answer. What did I tell you where the answer really lies? The answer lies at the surface, where no DHA is, where you can't turn UV light into a DC electric current. That's part of the mm-hmm. reason why um, just about every study ever done to look at the electrical potential of cancer cells shows markedly abnormal potentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can reassimilate uh, the DC electric current just about in any cancer, guess what? You can reverse it. Mm-hmm. But we're never going to find that medicine because we keep mm-hmm. looking in the freaking genome. And that is, you know, it's kind of like how do you find the answer to something when you're not, you keep walking around a stone and you're unwilling to pick it up? Mm-hmm. Do you know much about hydradenatus uh, superativa? Yep. Yeah, my wife What's had it and it's gone now. Yeah, uh, what's she do? Thing. Get out in the light. And what happens is in your in your sweat glands, uh, either in your groin or underneath your arm, uh, you get these horrible, horrible sores that come to the surface and drain. Why? Because you have huge amounts of inflammation, meaning you have huge amounts of protons and not enough electrons in places designed to sweat. And what does sweating do? Sweating cools the surface so you can absorb what? UV light. So when you get uh, uh, to a place where it's extremely toxic, meaning you have no UV light, you destroy the sweat plants that are designed to help you. So what do you have to do in that case? You have to become a naked sunbather, which is what I made my Get wife do. Get your junk in the sun. <laughs> you got it. And guess what? It goes completely away. You can't even tell um, that you have it. And this shocks people who have this condition because it is a horrible condition to have. And there's really no good conservative treatments from dermatologists on this condition. Uh, but, again, it's, it, it's, a, it's a complex disease. It's not just light. It's usually light mm-hmm. dehydration. And uh, the fact that these people are eating way too many carbs 24-7, um, mm-hmm. once you fix that uh, initial uh, response and people get small clinical wins, it gets easier and easier and easier. But what I had my wife do is just go outside in the sun completely naked, put her arms up in the air and because she had hers underneath her arms and literally mm-hmm. I think it was about 14 months it's gone. Cool. So with all of this talk about how humans are electromagnetic beings, energy, light, electric currents and all that, I wanted to ask you, and you're probably not into a bunch of woo-woo stuff, but considering no, I, I that... I don't go for woo <laughs> but just hear me out. Considering that energy can't be created or destroyed, if that's true, where do you think all this lost energy goes? Like I've heard you say that people who have certain disorders like obesity or um, if they have autoimmune disorders, their mitochondria leaks light or leaks energy. Where does the energy go, and have you ever seen The Matrix? <laughs> Yeah, well, I haven't seen the matrix, but it, this is pretty obvious. There's a reason you can't see it, and I already told you the answer. What do uh-huh. human beings radiate uh-huh. at? 800 to 900 nanometers. That's infrared. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. You know how you can? Go buy yourself a clear camera. You know what you, you will find out? All cells. All right, here's the second, here's the second book you need to get. I want you to go uh-huh. buy a book called Light Sculpting Life. It's written by Roland Van Wick. I'll spell his name. R-O-E-L-A-N-D. Van, V-A-N, Wick, W-I-J-K. Every cell on surface Earth is designed to release extreme low-frequency UV light. So if you understand that fundamentally, this has been experimentally proven since 1923, 
Nobody in biology seems to know it. This guy is probably the world expert in it because he's taken all mm-hmm. the data that I read. This was one of the original six papers that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you realize that all cells use extreme low frequency UV light to signal, that means if you're releasing that light, you have to somehow refill it. But here's the key thing. When you re- lose energy to the environment, the simple answer for you to understand is think about when you're in the cold. What happens when you're in the cold? You radiate heat. That's what cold thermogenesis mm-hmm. is all about. What does heat do to water? Heat shrinks water. This is very counterintuitive. But it's also the reason why ice floats on top of water. See, mm-hmm. and these are things that you, you, know, you know, but you didn't realize how they work. Why is that important? Because at a mitochondria, when it releases heat at the cytochrome level, it shrinks the water around a mitochondria called amino swell. What does that do when it shrinks the water? It constricts the mitochondria so it becomes more thermodynamically favorable. What does that do? It mm-hmm. takes cytochrome proteins and pushes them together, and that makes them more likely to electron tunnel. Anything that's closer together means you have a higher electric current. So mm-hmm. when you start to put all these little pieces together, you begin to see how things fundamentally work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to see how people with autoimmune diseases release light. They're releasing way too much light. One one of the main researchers that that Van Wick talks about is a guy named Fritz Pop, who's a biophysicist. He's now dead, but his son lives on. He is the guy that found in the 1970s that the sicker a cell is, or if it's dying, it releases more light. Bacteria mm-hmm. release way more light than eukaryotic cells. We're designed to contain light in our nucleus. And that was one of the questions you had asked me before about Crohn's that I didn't want to get into because it gets into those mechanisms of actually how bacteria in your gut release light and how they don't. We're designed mm-hmm. to contain it. The key thing is, and to really answer your question simply, I want you to think about a refrigerator. What does a refrigerator do when it's plugged into the wall? It cools the temperature down inside, okay? What does that do? It mm-hmm. condenses, it keeps your food, it saves it. But here's the thing that people don't realize. It returns the energy back to the environment. If you put your hand behind the, uh, the refrigerator, you'll notice that there's this really warm air coming out. What is that doing? It's returning heat to the environment. So inside a fridge, we decrease thermal entropy. But mm-hmm. through the laws of conservation, which you mentioned, it's absolutely true, if you're going to cool it in one area, you have to dump it back into the environment in another. And the problem mm-hmm. is people with autoimmune conditions can't do that. So what do they do? Mm-hmm. They lose way too much light. In other words, release massive amounts of extreme low-frequency UV light from their nucleus, and it radiates through all their cells, out through their cell membrane, so they, they lose tremendous amounts of heat. What's the, the, mm-hmm. the mechanism that doctors find this? They look and they see low-free T3s and they see high-reverse T3s. But the problem is they have no idea how it links directly the light and electrons. And now you do. Well, I had a question because I know people are going to ask, back to DHA, why is fish oil not so great? Well, that one's simple. And why should we we not be afraid of seafood? (laughs) Well, those are loaded questions, but let's deal with the first one first because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're designed to get DHA from intermediates. In the paleo community, cows eat grass. Grass has DHA. The cow processes it and puts it into what we call the SN2 position. 
What's the mm-hmm. SN2 position? Every single fat on this planet has a three-carbon backbone, carbon one, two, and three. In order to get DHA into cell membranes and into the brain and into the peripheral nervous system, paramagnetic, the only system, I should say the only way that DHA is paramagnetic uh, is when it's in SN2. What does paramagnetic mean? It means it's drawn to electromagnetic fields, specifically magnets. What are the magnets? Mitochondria. So any tissue with huge mitochondria, namely heart and brain, that's the reason why DHA is drawn to it because it's paramagnetic in SN2. Now, the key thing for um, for fish is that they get it from algae and they have way more per unit basis than grass. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does that grow? It grows in UV light with oxygen and through photosynthesis is made in the algae. The fish comes up beneath the algae and processes it mostly into the SN2 position. The fish that have the most DHA by far live in the cold water uh, channels called pelagic zones. That's the reason why cold water fish have way more um, DHA in it, which should make sense to you now why I wrote about cold thermogenesis, because you're starting to see how these trends keep falling on top of each other. Cold increases oxygen tensions in everything on this planet. So anytime oxygen tensions are higher, you're going to make higher levels of DHA. So if you happen to be a mammal that's got three pounds of DHA in your coconut, you need to start eating freaking seafood. And if you keep listening to and these idiots... And not taking it in a tablet? No, you take it in a tablet. It's mostly in SN1 and SN3. Why? Because through the processing, puts it in the wrong position. It's not paramagnetic. And what do you need to know about fish oil in a pill? Highly sensitive to photooxidation and temperature oxidation. So you know what that means? You're basically eating mm-hmm. a Big Mac. That's good. That's a good way to make mm-hmm. protons and not a way to collect electrons from purple light. Okay. Any guys, you guys have any other questions for Dr. Cruz? Well, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I got another another uh, interview to do. So how about we wrap it up here? And if you want to do okay. another one, we can come back and do it again. Nice. Okay, sure. so you guys can check out the uh, Dr. Cruz's book, The Epi Paleo Prescriptions, available on Amazon. His blog is jackcruz.com. Um, just before you go, is there anything up next? Is there more books? Is there a movie, Jack Cruz on Ice? We haven't had well, a chance to actually, talk about the Quantlet, but we can talk about that next time. Yeah, well, the Quantlet is uh, the next big thing. I think that may be with artificial light. Mm-hmm. is probably the next thing you want to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I've got two, actually three other books already done, but I have not decided to release them yet. Uh, we do have a movie that's being released in uh, January and February this year. The premiere will be in uh, London, U.K., and down in uh, Australia, because I'm in late January, early uh, February. I'll be in Australia uh, for the Goldwell Foundation to talk about DHA and aquaculture and things like that uh, because there's many people don't know this, but around Australia that all the seafood is pretty much dead. It's all being grown by aquaculture. And one of my good friends down there, Roy Palmer, has been instrumental mm-hmm. in teaching the fisheries uh, how to make sure that DHA stays in the SN2 position through their feeding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Because here in the States, like where I'm at, Catfish and tilapia are really big, but the problem is we're feeding it soy and corn, and I tell people that's like eating chicken. 
And if you read my book, you'll see in the epipaleo diet part that I tell you that shit all fowl is foul with the exception of duck. So you don't want mm-hmm. to eat catfish and tilapia either because they're not really fish. You know, they're manufactured garbage. So, mm. you know, getting all these details right, hopefully after listening to me here today, you'll understand why I'm kind of passionate about making the details correct so mm-hmm. that you do not have to waste your money in the doctor's office or waste your money with alternative practitioners who really are just dealing in half-truths. Um, mm. You need to get the story right. Once you get the story right, you'll be good. The name of the movie is called Supercharged. Um, it, in that movie, I'll give you a little teaser. There is a girl uh, who happens to be one of my members who lost, similar to what I did, 157 pounds. But the crazier part of her story is when she did what I did. She had autism. She completely reversed it. Her two kids had it. They got rid of it. And her husband had Asperger's and mm. all off the spectrum. Every single one of them off the spectrum. So when I gave a a talk almost a year and a half ago at a biohacking event, I showed a picture of her before and after, and I told people about it. And it turns out these movie producers in L.A. were there, and they said, look, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. Would you give us her name? And we'd like to go interview her. And after interviewing her, they were so shocked that they came to me and said, look, we want to do a movie about this, and we want to... Mm -hmm start bringing all these scientists that you mentioned in your blog on one screen to teach people how to become supercharged. So that's really what the movie's about. You guys just got a, an hour and a half, you know, purvo into <laughs> kind of what's in that movie. Um, I have no idea because they interviewed me for, whew, I don't know, almost 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's going to make it in the movie or not, but um, the key things we talk about in this podcast. Nice. Okay, well, thank you very, very much for your time and for dropping all that knowledge and sharing your electrons with us. Um, We'd love to have you back on the show in the future, maybe when the the Quantlet debuts. We can talk about that. uh, You can find find out about the Quantlet if you go to the Quantlet website. It's called uh thequantlet.com. Uh-huh. Read all the videos, look at them all. There's going to be an Indiegogo campaign because the more people that agree to fund us, uh, the cheaper the device is because me and my co-founder, Ruben Salinas, who's a GE light engineer, um, basically we're, we've taken the leptin prescription, the cold thermogenesis protocol, and mechanized them in a device that you wear on your wrist to fix your problems. And that means nice. you'll be able to mitigate many of the things that we talked about through utilizing, it's pretty much the first quantum wearable device. And mm. the key the key thing is we want to make this available to everybody, and we know that it's going to be expensive to manufacture, so we're hoping to try to get the price down below $500 a piece, and we figured the best way to do that is once people understand what we're attempting to do, that we're mm. attempting to deliver light energy directly into your radial artery utilizing these quantum principles, um, we think this is something everybody should have. We don't want it to cost six, seven, eight thousand dollars, you know, a piece where most people can't get it. We think if we can get crowdfunding support, we could get the manufactured device down around four to five hundred bucks, and we think most people then could afford it and and use it and do many different things with it. Okay, that sounds exciting. <laughs> 
Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, we'd love to have you back on, like I said before, but uh, thanks for coming. Sure. <laughs> no problem. Anytime, guys. Take care. And cool. shine in the light. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, that was wow. That was fun. Utterly, <laughs> utterly fascinating. Really, really great. I know. Um, yeah, there. He has a lot of uh, interviews on YouTube. Um, it helps. What I found that helps me of you listen to a lot of those interviews that he has up, and then go back and read the blog posts that he has on his site that correspond to what he's talking about, and it makes a lot more sense. Even though I still don't understand every single thing, but I think it's quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that's our show for today, guys. <laughs> um, you want to take a listen to our other Sot Talk Radio Network shows, uh, The Truth Perspective on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern and Behind the Headlines on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern. And until next week, have a nice day. Have a nice week. Get out and get some sun. Bye.